0: This is Tracks On with Kirk Kavan and Kevin Lee. Here comes Scott Dixon for the completion of his qualifying run. 234, 437, 234, 162, 233, 859. Fans on their feet. Lap number four in the books for Scott Dixon. 233.726. The four-lap average is fast enough. 234.046 miles per hour. The four-lap average scott dixon again 234.046 he will start on pole for the 106 indianapolis 500
1: this is what this place is about it's so amazing like the ups and downs that you have just in one day uh, is crazy massive thank you to all the fans for coming out it's so good to see everybody here in the grandstands
2: thank you so much to the team pnc bang number nine crew uh and honda they brought it today
3: speedway and it's back and hopefully better than ever the burger bash now it's the prime 47 indie burger bash benefiting the iu simon comprehensive (laughs) cancer center welcome everyone a nice crowd assembled kevin lee kurt Cavan, 93.5 107.5 the fan the program started an hour ago now we're welcoming our live radio audience in Indianapolis and some of you listening later on the podcast. Nice crowd assembled here for us this evening. Kurt, we're going to recap qualifying a little later on. Scott Dixon with the fastest pole speed ever in Indianapolis 500 history. Second fastest qualifying average. Ari Lyon, people are confused about this. That track record was not on day one so it was not the poll in 1996. That's right it was
0: not on on poll day and so he started I believe 20th that day but he's still the track record holder and we've got some guys that want to threaten that in the next couple of years. So
3: already we've had Callum mylot out here in front of the live audience and a few drivers are in the green room back here sampling uh, what we have from Prime 47 Indy. Let's welcome some of the rookies and someone that might be a rookie next year. One of the top contenders in the Indy Lights Championship. He's been knocked on the door for a win it's coming soon second four times or is it up to five now
4: doesn't even know he's a good second place guy.
3: global racing group with uh hmd it's benjamin peterson this guy's gonna be good Whoa. and he's a really good young man benjamin peterson is here with us go to him i'm like i'm gonna introduce all of you though Thank you. we're doing this on the fly also with us Two of the hot young rookies in IndyCar, the runner-up last year in Indy Lights. He's just 20 years old from Chicago, Illinois, driving the number 18 Dale Coyne racing with HMD Honda, David Malukas. He's been fast too. He has been fast and he was quick again today. And last year's champion in Indy Lights, he's won all three Road to Indy championships. No one has won more races in the Road to Indy and the driver of the number 14, the famous A.J. Foyt racing car,
0: Kyle Kirkwood from Florida. All right, take it over, Kurt. Let's talk to our guests. Yeah, let's let's uh, let's start with the, the big shots here. Oh. Benjamin Peterson. Shots Benjamin Peterson will be here big, but we'll start with, okay, we'll start with Kyle. Kyle, how's it been? In fact, uh, we asked Tatiana just a little bit ago, she was here, and we asked her to give us an A.J. Foyt story. What do you think? How is it driving for A.J.
4: Foyt? I, it's incredible. AJ Foy is just such a legend, especially around this place, right? There's so much history that you feel when you're actually on his team when you come here. You know, um, he's obviously raced a lot, or a lot earlier than my time. But now, with all the fans that he still has, and he comes out to the race, and everyone is bombarding him for autographs when he's 87 years old. He doesn't really want to do it, but he still loves his fans, and it's cool to see this this long after his career how many fans he still has. So he's an incredible guy, an incredible mentor for me, especially around this place. And I'm super proud to drive for him. Your
0: first impressions of Indianapolis on the Oval are
4: what? It's big. It is hectic. You know, I never knew... How much weather can change everything here? I've watched, I watched a lot of it, and I guess you guys have some crazy weather up here. And it wants to be ninety one one day, and then 65 and blowing 40 miles per hour the next day. Um, so we've had, it, it's there's a lot of variables to that you got to deal with. And you know, Fast Friday was like, the track was pretty much undrivable. Where we did about 12 laps, and we just parked it. We're like, I don't think we're learning anything right now. And then we go out for qualifying day in the morning, and everything was perfect. So um, we, we've had to deal with that. That's an all, all-new learning curve for me, but I think we're figuring it out pretty well.
0: And we bring in David Maloukas with uh, really a sensational start to the month. You were uh, seventh, I think, on Fast Friday, or did I have that on Thursday? The days all run together. I, I don't know if you felt that, but the days... I can't remember Tuesday from Thursday from Saturday. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I yeah, I just knew like I mean, I don't even know what day it is today. So <laughs> <laughs> it's today not is...
5: race day, so you're
0: fine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What What's been your impressions of uh, this this big fast place with a big fast race car?
5: I mean, uh, it is it is a lot of fun. So so cool. So great. Uh, the team, you know, has done an amazing job with the car. As soon as we rolled out first practice. It was amazing. It was like perfect. You know, we had a few adjustments here and there, but just kind of pack running is uh, it's 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 very cool, especially today because. Today it seemed like the it was like a normal pack speed that's going to be kind of for the race because it seemed like in the race that, or the practices previously like the speed that the the pack was going was actually quicker than normally so today it actually made it quite interesting because there was a lot of kind of jams and slow ups which kind of you know gets it you know where you get these interesting you know possible three-way moves or like late dives and so
0: it was, it was a little bit chaotic today you see Kyle Kalamailot go into the grass today no, I missed that. I did not see that. No. He, it was not a lawnmower. He was really in the grass and uh, he said a he said a muppet got him up ahead and then uh a muppet, a muppet got him. That's so. that's
3: kind of a British
6: term.
0: Yeah, Derek Walker term. used to
3: use that. Derek Walker, a uh, longtime Team Penske employee, former car owner used to use that as a disparaging comment about people.
0: So that's how that's how I know that. And Benjamin Peterson is going to be a star. There's just like these two individuals. You're uh You've had a chance to work, or at least you hang around a lot with the Foyt team. What does that mean for next month? They have a test here? There's kind of some talk that maybe you're going to drive on a road course
7: in a Foyt car? I I don't know. You seem like you know a lot more than I know. He can neither confirm nor deny. That'd be nice. I'll I'll say that. It'd be nice, but... um... Kevin, Kevin started it right away, in the intros I in there. I mentioned that inside like, of the VIP. I, I don't room. even know what you're talking
3: about. <laughs> sure you do. So. Well, there is a connection. You, you guys, you and Kyle share the same driver coach, who was actually one of Jackson's right. Right first driver coach. Yeah, looking There's away. JJ. There he is. JJ. So I mention <laughs> him a lot. He's one of the great people. If you have a scanner, so he is on. Is he? He's with you, right? Yeah. For he's with Kyle,
1: yeah, he's, so listen uh, to, turn to the 14
3: radio, and JJ John and the George will be in in turn four, uh, turn three rather, and he's he's excellent. I saw what he did with he, my son. He
4: gave me a nice clearish today at one point <laughs> when I wasn't fully by someone, so we're not gonna we're not gonna dig in, into him too hard. But no, he is an amazing spotter and driver coach. He's been with me since Team USA, which was back in 2016. So. Um, Yeah, I I owe a a lot of credit to him. And he's not listening right now because he knows I'm talking about him. That's okay.
3: (laughs) So one of the auction items we have here benefiting the IU Simon Comprehensive Cancer Center is uh, a two-day school at the Lucas Oil School of Racing. And that's how I met JJ because he was one of Jackson's coaches there a few years ago. And they were very
4: fortunate to have him for a little while. Yeah, you know, it's it's actually a funny story. He reviewed my first-ever time driving a car, and it was in a USF 2000 car at Blackhawk Farms and he told me that I looked like the calmest driver out there and I looked scared. That was the first thing he ever told me. I didn't know the guy and I was kind of like, who's this guy? He could go fly a kite, right? Um, and it <laughs> turns out a few, I guess, I guess probably about a year later, he came to Team USA Scholarship. He said the same thing about me, but he looked at the time charts and I was actually one of the quickest drivers out there. So, And now we've gotten to know each other a lot better and, and um, yeah, I really love him. He's been around forever. and. He's a great guy. So,
3: Benjamin, you probably work with him even more as a step away from IndyCar. What does a coach do for a driver? You guys have all been doing this for a long time. You know what you're doing. How does a coach help?
7: It's everything. I mean, everything from staying in the same room when we're on race weekends. Every meal is together. We spend a lot of time on the simulator together. So I, I talk to him more than I talk to my parents, my friends, um, it's kind of sad in a way, but I'm very grateful. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, it's just the full thing. He's as much a psychiatrist as, as anything. And um, yeah, it's, it's very cool to work with him, him working with Kyle, me getting to see Kyle's experience as a rookie in IndyCar. Obviously, I'm in lights, but piggybacking off everything Kyle is learning is a very cool experience.
3: I'm going to ask David a question that I had him uh, share on our, our story he shared on the radio show a few months ago, but this is a, a little bit di- different audience, and I think it applies because the drive to survive from phenomena has been so big and so helpful for Formula One. So people have asked, well, we need to get a reality show for IndyCar. We have someone with reality show experience. You need to Google it. Find it on YouTube. There was a show five or so years ago called Cart Life, and we were familiar with it because my son Jackson was in some of those shots because he was carting at the same
5: time. Tell us about how real a reality show is, David. Um... (laughs) It's uh, it's uh, it's not really that real uh, at all. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, they, they would, uh, it was quite funny, you know, I'd say, like, explain a scene. Of course, I was very little at the time, and you'd always be mic'd up all the time, and I was having, like, kind of like a little argument with uh, with my coach at the time, and so then all of a sudden, you just see cameras everywhere, and then uh, they're like, oh, c- can you do that again, but, like, start crying and, you know, be more angry. <laughs> so, and so, so they make me, like, uh, yeah. you know, redo a couple of shots and you know just and make it, it oh yeah I. Cry? oh yeah I did it I cried and <laughs> I did everything <laughs>
8: Awesome.
3: And they would oftentimes, I think, probably uh, snip a segment from one thing and another.
5: Uh, yeah. yeah. yeah so th- Not necessarily in order. Yeah. Thankfully, they, they made me be like the Q2 won everything. So, so, I was watching, I was like, I don't remember winning that race, but you know, I'll, I'll take it.
3: <laughs> Alright, thank you guys for coming up. Thank we greatly appreciate it. Benjamin Peterson, David Malukas, Kyle Kirkwood, kind enough to join us. For the radio audience, I haven't even said where we're at, so if you're driving around Indianapolis, and you can just set the microphones down or hand it to me, we'll, we'll Figure that out. Uh, we're at the corner of 16th and Main Street, right across from the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. So, kind of cat a corner to the uh, administration building. If you're driving on Crawfordsville Road heading east, you'll see us in the parking lot. But right here, it's very easy to find the back of the USAC building. So, just put USAC in your Google Maps, walk around to the back parking lot, and you'll find us. Can I is,
0: see more Indy 500 drivers? That's right. One of our uh, one of our favorites. Oh, we have two of our favorites right here. Not that Kyle Kirkwood wasn't, but uh, we got a lot. They're having their own conversation here. We need to move them forward. Welcome to the stage, Marcus Erickson and Stefan Wilson.
3: Marcus drives the number eight Husky Chocolate Chip Ganassi Racing car. And Stefan has a lot of partners. Cusick Motorsports, Dragon Speed. It's an A.J. Foyt racing car, and we're going to let him list all the sponsors. They like me because I mentioned them all on Peacock when he was the star and had his own two-hour television special
2: last Tuesday. Good to see you. Thanks for coming over. Great to see you, Kevin. Yeah, no, uh, it's great to be here. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I didn't think I was even going to be able to – be here and, and racing in the indy 500 and uh here we are so uh no it, it's been a wild couple of weeks and today was a really good day for us in the uh knowledge jerky dragon speed q motorsports chevrolet number 25. I, I feel like i got all with, listed off there but it's a one-hour show stefan i mean can, i've got yeah, to fit in all the names get so. all the names in there <laughs> yeah i mean no i'm really thankful for the partners that made it possible so and
3: marcus erickson is going to start in the middle of the second row for the greatest race in the world coming up on Sunday. How about that? You guys are smoking fast at Chip Ganassi Racing.
9: We are, yeah. No, it feels amazing. We've had a really good week last week and then followed it up with a really strong qualifying weekend. And, uh, yeah, came a bit short in fast six. I was, you know, a little bit disappointed after that. But looking back, you know, starting P5, for the for the big race it's, it's a perfect spot to start from and and our cars have been so good um, so yeah we, we definitely have a good chance so I'm, I'm super excited so
0: i actually heard a comparison i can't believe i'm going to say it but i'm going to tell you this is how much people have thought about your progress they said this reminds them of how Rick Mears improved each year. You look so much more comfortable this year. Wow. I'm not comparing you to Rick Mears, but the point is you have gotten, you look better and better and better with each trip. Do you feel like that? That's, by the way, all the time in Formula One, you've got a lot of experience.
9: Yeah, I mean, but, but it's true. Like I, I'm that kind of driver. I, I need the sort of confidence in, in Myself and in the car and the crew and that's been the good thing now coming into my third year with Ganassi and the same sort of Core group of people that I'm working with my race engineer Brad Goldberg, you know, has been with me Yeah, it's the third year now. and We work so well together and it just built my confidence year after year after year and uh, I feel like you know last year was definitely a breakthrough year for, for me and for, for the eighth car uh, running up front winning our first two races and and then this year it's been you know building on that and you know it's just getting better and better and uh Yeah, I'm excited about it and very thankful to be part of that that team, you know. So, first of all, Stefan's driving for a team. He doesn't have teammates. You've got
0: four teammates. Could you at least share one of them? I mean... (laughs) Stefan you (laughs) can have TK, you know. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) He can have TK. (laughs) (laughs) I I was going to ask you if it's intimidating because you're driving with with Scott Dixon. You're driving with Jimmy Johnson. By the way, that's 13 championships between the two at the highest level of U.S. motorsports. And you've got some guy named TK and the defending uh, champion the defending series <laughs> champion who finished second in this is
9: is that intimidating uh, no but it's it's just kind of cool because i can sort of completely fly under the radar because no one even usually notice that i'm there you know so it's like all the folks on these four guys so it's pretty good actually i can just do my stuff and rock up there in the end of the race and then score a good result do you need to show them your formula one photos every once in yeah, a while yeah exactly on your phone? remind them look yeah. what i did yeah. i don't know what you did <laughs> exactly. but i did monaco now but it's, it's you know joking aside it's it's amazing to be part of that group of drivers and it's such nice personalities as well you know it's um, it's one thing they're so successful drivers but they're also great persons just to be around so we have a lot of fun together and we work really well together and help each other and push each other and that's I think one of the other strengths with our team is that driver lineup
3: and I want to speak to your Formula One background because Formula One drivers there is this perception in America that they're standoffish they're not friendly and that's what I had always heard And, and really the first former Formula One driver I got to know was Stefan's brother Justin who's the nicest guy in the world. And then I met others like Rubens Barrichello. My God, Rubens Barrichello is so friendly and you're one of our favorites. Why is that perception out there? I almost think it's like you're expected to kind of be standoffish when you're over there and nobody gets a chance
9: to get to know the drivers. I think one of the problems is F1 has been for so many years so closed off to fans and and to, you know, it's just a completely different environment to IndyCar. And um, I think it's easy to get that sort of, feeling or or think that F1 drivers are like that, but I think it's just, you're so much in your shell, Mm -hmm. and it's so much pressure from so many different directions, so I feel like that's, that's the thing, because like you said, most of us, or whatever, the F1 drivers, they are it's as friendly as anyone else. And I think that's the thing that I really enjoy coming here to IndyCar. It's just that fan, fan engagement and just the openness. You know, we, we walk around here in the in the pits and the paddock, and there's people everywhere. And you know, people coming up and talking to you, taking photos, autographs. It's, it's great. You know, and you can interact with fans and give something back to all the people that come and watch us race. And then, you know, in the end of the day, that's what matters.
3: I want to ask Stefan a question about what his approach is to this weekend because obviously it's a different circumstance. As you said, it came together a couple of weeks ago. You have realistic expectations, but it's not just about this event. Tell me about the long-term plan that you guys are working on and how next Sunday will help that.
2: Yeah, I mean, for us, you know uh – essentially getting the car, is it a week ago now? Uh, a week ago, and it being a road course car, it's definitely not got a lot of the drag reduction that a lot of the other teams have been able to refine their, their car and their chassis over the last eight or nine months, you know? So, the, the one that they know they're going to be racing at the 500. So, Drag-wise, our car is just too draggy right now, and uh, and it's also, you know, while we work on the handling, we make that as good as it can be. We make it so we can run behind people, because starting 33rd, that's what's going to happen. We're going to have a face full of dirty air all day, so we're going to make it as good as it can be in dirty air, and and my, my goal is to, to see the checkered flag and be on the lead lap, and that's the sort of realistic expectation that we're setting if we do that when we will have we will have had a very strong day um for us and and what we we've got underneath us so from there you know we're we're sort of looking at how do we how do we better prepare for next year's race you know and, and how we how do we better prepare and not not be a last minute entry uh, you know at the last second and sort of improve our performance uh, in next year's race so that's the goal it it might turn into a couple more races than just the 500 that's that's definitely what Don wants to happen and uh, I think Elton as well so it, it this is more about building a foundation for the future than it is just about the Indy 500 as much as the Indy 500 is so important and what it drives me and what I'm, I'm super passionate about. But uh, it's about building a
0: foundation for not just this 500, but future 500s. Well, this is a, this is a good time. By the way, Marcus, you've been living in Indianapolis uh, for some time. Uh, I know you do a lot of training on the outside. I want, I want to make sure you understand who my wife is because last year, yeah. she's riding up the Monon passing f- me, or...? No, no, she uh, wasn't uh, passing you. <laughs> was she about else? took out Pato Award about a month before the Indy 500. Oh. We almost had a collision on the Monon, really?
9: so you want to be really careful. Right. So if I see your wife on the Monon, I have to be like... Get out of the way. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Good stuff. I appreciate everybody yeah. stopping by. <laughs> Stefan
0: Wilson, right. Marcus Thank Erickson. You. Thanks, everyone. Thanks so All much, right. guys. We Thank appreciate you. you coming out.
3: I see others around. Is there anybody that we need to get to that has to get out really quickly? Let's, uh, oh, I see Dalton Kellett over here. Hey, and this... one of my colleagues, James Hinchcliffe, the Canadian connection, is here with us. The number four, K-Line
0: Insulators, I'm not A.J. Gonna... Floyd Racing Car, Dalton Kellett's. I don't know if we want to give James Hinchcliffe the microphone because I might not get it back. But he's talked all day, so he should be done. But let's start with Dalton because, uh, honestly, I didn't think... Of all the people that might show up today after the hard impact you took in turn one, that you might not show up, and that would have been okay with us. How well, I do you feel? I said I'd be
10: here, so I decided <laughs> i honor that commitment.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Really How do you feel? That. I honestly
10: feel really good. I mean, it's, it's a testament to the safety of the safer barriers over at IMS and the safety system on the IndyCar, the side impact structure, the helmets, the head surround. My foot hurts a little bit, but it'll be good to
0: go in a, in a couple of days, so I'm, I'm fine, Yeah. One thing, I guess, let's hit. Let Hinch called it on Peacock today. Uh, that was a proper hit in turn one. Let's let's let you weigh in just a little bit on it. I'll share. I, I'm not a driver. I, I, <laughs> Kevin, you know, he's the star of the show.
1: Us humble media folk have to work together for the drivers. <laughs> they can't take that third prima donnas. No, I mean, it's you know, look super unfortunate, man. I mean, here in practice, uh, it sucks to have a, an issue like that, and I feel really bad for Dolan and for everybody on the four crew. But as he said, he's safe. He's healthy. He's fine. They'll be back. Um, how, how was the car before that?
10: The car was really good. I th- honestly go. thought our race trim car feels great. We, we were mixing it up in in, in the pack, and well now we have Friday to make sure we're good to go again with rebuilding the car. So feeling pretty good still.
1: There you go. That was that was my sorry. That was my media role for a second. You go.
3: I, I saw I saw Ryan Briscoe who's helping coach you, and he was out at the care center where I was waiting for you, and he said it's a shame because we're really making really good progress. I feel like we're in a good spot. Question for Hinch now. What, what's more challenging, everything that's involved with being an Indy 500 driver and hoping the car is right and then the obligations that come along with it or a seven-hour show with no commercials on Peacock?
1: <laughs> well, let me tell you, one of them is way more stressful than in the other one. I'll let you figure that out. <laughs> And, and part of the problem is when you have the responsibility to be you know traveling at 230 miles an hour and mixing up with everyone else, you feel like you have a better excuse for saying no to things. I haven't had that excuse this month, so I've said yes to a lot of, I, I've been busier this month, I think, than any other month of May, but it's been a blast, man. Working with you and everybody else on the NBC crew, it's been a lot of fun. Hopefully we got any Peacock subscribers in the audience. Yeah, nice. <laughs> nice. We appreciate it. That's what we like to hear. We appreciate that. And you get that. the office as well. Plenty of the office reruns. That's why I got it. Yeah, exactly. And we
3: just happen to be on it with with racing. <laughs> yeah.
1: But no, it's been great. It's been a lot of fun, uh, a lot of work, but an absolute lot of fun. I mean, we had to go to the racetrack every day and just watch cars drive around and talk about race cars. Man, it's it's a good gig.
3: So since you came out, we're gonna plug a couple of things because Townsend got it all wrong when it was brought up on the broadcast. Well, Townsend's a part timer. You'll notice he's not here.
1: <laughs> yeah. And he's not he gonna, gonna be here back tomorrow. Home. He's not gonna be here. Th- Thursday, you know, he's he's taking a part time schedule.
3: It's just me and Hinch and Diff doing (laughs) the heavy lifting. Lee Diffie may come by a little bit later on tonight. He had an earlier commitment. Uh, This is the Prime 47 Indie Burger Bash, but you can only eat there four days a week or so. So for the other three, we encourage you to go to Broad Ripple and Root and Bone, uh, a restaurant you have a partnership in. Yes, thank you so much. And Hinch took us there the other night.
1: 46 in college, if you guys are craving, you know, like the best food in town, uh, that might have your thing but if it's your thing definitely come to root and bone 46 in college we'd love to have you okay so dalton what's the game plan what's the approach for this sunday
10: i'll put the car back together for one yeah.
1: <laughs> and then uh, <laughs>
10: um, basically put the setup on that we finished in our last in our last uh, traffic run uh, this afternoon with, make sure everything's good to go, do an install check, do some final prep for the hot conditions that we're expecting this weekend, and then just make sure we're, we have all, all our ducks in a row for a good race.
0: So here's a question I've always wanted to ask, and I do ask sometimes. I never ask Hans because he had, he had a bigger one. But in that quick moment when something's about to happen, and remember you're on the radio and you have a family audience, any words come out of your mouth that maybe aren't aren't printable? They were profane. <laughs> <laughs> so you have time. When the car started to get loose, you had time to think about it. It was, I mean, looking at the replay, it looks like it happens really fast.
10: But in the moment, like the the, the rear steps out, you start going around. And you kind of know where you are in space. You're like, OK, if I hit now, I'm going in which is really going to hurt. Then you keep going around more. And then you see the wall. And you're like, well, OK, it's, it's coming soon. And yeah, there, there, there were words that were shouted that I can't re- repeat here, let's just say.
1: Would you agree with that, Hinch? Yeah, that's pretty accurate. I mean, they don't—they don't physically come out of your mouth, but they run through your head at a (laughs) phenomenal rate. I mean, it's unbelievable how many you get through in that split second from you know knowing it's going to actually contact.
3: Thank you guys for coming out. I know you have other places to be, so we appreciate it. Dalton Kellett will be driving in the Indy 500 on Sunday in the number four car. James Hinchcliffe will be announcing the Indy 500 on NBC for the first time coming up on Sunday. All right, coming up in just a moment, more guests. Renus VK, the youngest ever to be on the front row at the Indy 500, is here. Uh, One of the next multi-generation stars, Jagger Jones, is here, the grandson of Parnelli Jones, who is going to be a superstar I think he'll join us and plenty more coming up. We're at the USAC building, 16th and Main Street. It's the Prime 47 Indie Burger Bash on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Traditionally, the Wednesday and Thursday night before the 500 means dirt racing in the city. And on Wednesday and Thursday, Circle City Raceway continues that tradition with USAC National Sprint Cars taking to the quarter-mile ring for a two-night extravaganza presented by Mastin & Kane Warehousing and Services. Brady Bacon, C.J. Leary, and Justin Grant are just some of the stars slated to race. And JMV will be on site Wednesday night. Find out more at circlecityraceway.com. So our Speedrome news of the day is... Is? Well, how about the Indianapolis 500 is coming up on Sunday? That's news of the day. Uh, quickest today. Let's do that. It's Alex Pillow. Ganassi continues to be strong. Palou. Scott Dixon, Jimmy Johnson, top three. Marcus Erickson, fifth. Takuma Sato slotted in there. He was fourth, so the top five were Honda. Joseph Newgarden, sixth, was the fastest Chevy. That's our Circle City Speedrome news of the day. And remember this weekend at the Tom Wood Group, Indianapolis Speedrome, powered by Lincoln Tech, the world-famous figure-eight takes center stage with Saturday night's 47th running of the spring shootout one-hour figure-eight endurance race for the Thunder and Lightning unlimited horsepower late model figure eight cars plus a night of racing on the historic fifth mile oval ticket information at speedrome.com more coming up from the prime 47 burger bash in speedway on 93.5 and 107.5 the fan town, or now the roundabout, the USAC building in the back parking lot, it's the Prime 47 in the Burger Bash, benefit. the IU Simon Comprehensive Cancer Center, big hand for yourselves for joining us here in the resumption of the Burger Bash, new night, you never know how it's going to go. It's gone quite well. Kevin Lee, Kurt Cavan, and we welcome a front row starter for the second year in a row. How about this for qualifying for the Indy 500? Four, three, three. Is that something we can interest you in? It's Renus VK in the Bitcoin car and BitNile for Ed Carpenter Racing. Thanks for coming over. Yeah, thanks for
6: having me. What's it like to go 234 miles per hour? Um, It's pretty fast. It's pretty (laughs) fast and especially this year. It was very close, guys were very fast, so we had to be on the limit of the grip. And I tell you, um, I was not looking forward to my qualifying. I was looking forward to being done with my qualifying and yeah, focusing forward to the race and we had a good qualifying.
3: So do you feel the difference between 231 and because you're still smoking fast, but do you feel a difference when you trim or do whatever you do just to go that little bit faster?
6: Yeah, you feel a little bit of difference, uh, especially with a tailwind coming into turn one yesterday. Uh, I could definitely see the corner come to me so much faster, and everything just happens faster. But also, the car feels a lot different um, with the winds going, going, um, uh, having a tailwind in a turn one. So it it goes very fast. But I think at one point in the. Um, In like after after Fast um, after Fast Friday, Mm -hmm. you really get used to those speeds and you get used to thinking at 240 miles an hour. What was your top speed in the straightaway? We saw
3: Connors show up at like 244. Do You know what you hit? Uh,
0: 242. 245. Of course. I mean, uh, what is he gonna say? He's gonna. That means he was going quicker through the
6: corners then. No, no. My um, my top speed was 242 with a tailwind into turn one. And I tell you, the only thing you see is a bunch of grandstands. And then a corner just goes somewhere. And you got to stay there on track. So it really becomes a very narrow track at those speeds. No, I just thought of
3: something. So this is your third 500. But this will be the first one with full grandstands. And every young driver, they always talk about how much more narrow turn one looks. The first one was empty. Last year was half full. Have you thought about that? What that's going to be like this Sunday? Uh, it kind of looked like full last year,
6: so I think that's not a, not going to change this perspective for me. I think it's more um, the the energy you can feel from the fans. Mm. Uh, I had to get used to uh, you know taking 30 minutes to go to the restroom this week because of all the fans and the autographs. And I loved it, but definitely it took some getting used to. But it, I think it's great. I think it's. It's great to finally have everything open up for uh, for all offense. fans. You do need to plan ahead. Any
3: time you want to go anywhere, you need to get there. All right, if I need to be there at 7.40, I better leave at 7.15, even though yeah, it's a five-minute walk. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm, I'm, the end of the race. You, you're one of the people. You're on that short list of drivers that has a, a very legitimate chance to win the race. Have you talked with veteran drivers? Have you gone through your mind about – what I need to do from strategy on that final 20 laps uh, because that's decided the race over the last few years between first and second.
6: Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, at first, you have to have a fast car, you have to be able to follow closely to the guy in front of you, and um, you got to get opportunities to pass. So um, I got a lot of experience from last year and also Texas. The race in Texas really. Um, really made me realize some some stuff from strategies. So I think we could do really well. And I talked with that about it, of course. Uh, he's come second too often f- yep. for his feelings. So um, th- we talked about it a lot. And, uh, and I think the strategy talk will really start... Uh, on Friday during carb day where we are going to simulate the race a little bit. Hmm.
0: So we talked about this a little bit during the commercial break but you used to live, we're right here on the roundabout at 16th and Georgetown and Main Street and you used to live literally across the street. How easy, how late could you sleep on race day? If, you, if you, all you had to do was walk across the street, how good was that? that? Yeah, it was great actually.
6: Uh, I couldn't hear the mortars which surprised me last year when I was in my motor home. But uh, Oh,
0: you were in your motorhome because it was closer than that one block you had to walk? Well, my parents, I um, I let them stay oh, I see.
6: in my apartment. They had all the space, kitchen, everything. And I was, you know, one of the drivers in the motorhome lot. So, uh,
0: so okay. So you didn't really have all the luxuries of home because you were in your motorhome over yeah, there.
6: Yeah, but I've stayed my first year in 2020 in the apartment, and I thought it was great. Uh didn't have to pay anything for a motorhome, and <laughs> I had enough bedrooms to have my parents over as well.
0: And the gas was pretty cheap. You probably walked or ride um, your bike.
6: Well, it's it's only a few uh, few carbs that you have to eat <laughs> to cycle to the track, so very very cheap.
3: Very good. Hey, I know you have other things you need to do, like a thousand of them. But I thank you for coming out. Yeah. We uh, wish you a lot of luck and uh, good luck on winning the biggest race in the world. He's on the thank front row. Thank you very row. much. Rias for VK. Ed Carpenter Racing Chevrolet thank you for coming out yeah go ahead and get out of here you've been here long enough and he visited for quite a while before he he came on as well so we're gonna bring uh, some of the future stars of racing as well Jackson you can come along and join your teammate as well so this is a third generation racer his grandfather is the 1963 winner Parnelli Jones, this is USF 2000 driver and race winner, Jagger Jones. Hi guys, thanks for coming out. So Jagger has, and this is the driver of the IU, Simon Com- Comprehensive Cancer Center, number two car for Cape Motorsports, Jagger's teammate. Jackson Lee, who many of you know as well. We have access to him all the time. We're gonna welcome Jagger to the program. So give people an
11: idea of your racing background.
3: It's a little bit different than some of the other kids in USF 2000.
11: Yes. Yeah, so like uh, Kevin was saying here, my grandpa, i um, a third generation race car driver, legacy of an Indy 500 winner, which is super cool. Um, and it's just been super cool to be here for the month, Race the Indy GP last weekend, um, and just being able to race at the Speedway. Uh, I get chills every time I walk in there, and I think everyone does. So, um, but like he was saying, my background, I started racing go-karts um, all across Europe and the United States. Uh, then I kind of took a little different path, did some NASCAR racing for a while, but I'm glad over here on the open wheel IndyCar side, and I'm really enjoying my first
0: year. I was going to say, your your family has been immersed in this sport forever. Can you ever – you probably can't remember a time when you weren't at a racetrack or you weren't thinking about what the Indy 500 means yeah because my mom didn't want me to be a race car driver but she
11: definitely married into the wrong family um like i said my first toy my first toy was a toy car my first bed was a race car bed my first memories are over at the speedway at a racetrack so it was pretty much destined to happen so i've talked to your mom and one of the
3: reasons why you're here i think is the halo because you and jackson tested together with a different team actually last fall was when i first met you and your mom and that's just an
11: amazing um safety innovation that we have now yeah it's super incredible it's super cool to see how much our sport has come from the days my grandpa was racing Um, he would say he would look left and look right when you're starting the Indy 500 and by the end of the year one of those guys if it wasn't you most likely wouldn't be alive and I I don't think we're even in a close place as now like we were before and um, it's super cool all the people that have done so much to make these cars safer Um, it's great for us drivers and I think it's just great for the sport in general.
3: I should have had you come up when Hinch was here because I saw I I haven't even asked him about this yet but I saw on social media he drove Old Calhoun yesterday the 63 winner did you see that?
11: I did see it and I I wish i wish i knew it was happening why aren't no you driving it? it i know they said i could drive it so i was sitting just got back from the gym and uh, qualifying didn't start later uh yesterday so i didn't come out super early yesterday morning to the track and i'm sitting about to take a shower and i get like three phone calls they're like if you can get here in 10 minutes you can drive it and i'm about 30 minutes away i was so bummed uh but maybe that opportunity will present itself in the
0: future i assume you uh you got. Have- how many photos would you expect there are of that car and your grandfather that you've come across a hundred there's gotta be there's gotta be thousands of those photos yeah it's super cool it's a super cool car i was
11: lucky enough to drive a replica of it um a few years ago at gateway when i was racing there um it was just a cool experience to be sitting in such a different experience like we talk with the halos now we're so low in the car and you feel the protection project- protection above you um, when i was driving that car i had an open face helmet on your head and your neck i'm a little taller was sticking way out of the car and um, it was just a whole different world back then so I don't know that we'll
3: have time to talk to everybody, but I at least want to introduce the other Cape Motorsports drivers that are here as well. This is Michael D Orlando, So you must be six foot two or bigger to drive for Cape Motorsports. Michael is—he uh, finished second in the USF 2000 Championship. Yep. And I think Jagger is leading the points right now. Are you second or third? You're I'm close. I'm third. Yeah. You're Only really two close.
12: Back. you the top five okay. or four is five. Points. And
3: Nicholas come out here. So this is another D Orlando who's driving in USF Juniors for Cape Motorsports Motorsports. motorsports this year so tell me what you think about uh being around indianapolis in the month of may you're not from here have you been here for the 500 before
12: yeah we came here last year what an exciting event this is um i think this was last year was my first indy 500 that i went to and um being here for the month of may is such an incredible experience and just a huge vibe it feels like a huge holiday um so i mean i don't know how it feels for you guys but every time i come here i mean i feel like the entire vibe of this place is just fantastic, and I love being here. I mean, I'm from New York, so we're from New York, so a lot of it is just like rush this, rush that. People are kind of like, you know, rush everywhere. and Traffic's kind of bad. And I mean, it's New York, and I come here, and it's very, very relaxed. I kind of love this place. It's Honestly, I couldn't be more happy to be here for the month of May.
3: So Nick here won the F sixteen hundred championship last year. That's what Jackson was doing a couple of years ago, and didn't get to finish the season when he won the Team USA scholarship. So I want you to speak about what F sixteen hundred racing is like, because I wish it was televised. Because they're the wildest races with drafting that I think I've ever seen. What what it's like racing those cars at you know places like Road America with a big draft.
12: Yeah, so the F1600, as I don't know if anyone knows or not, but it's a four-speed manual transmission, um, and the car only weighs 990 pounds. So for an open-wheel car that weighs nothing and is a stick shift, it's entertaining, to say the least, to be the first first step of uh, open-wheel racing. Um, These cars also have no horsepower. They have about 114, so when you're following someone in the draft, you can get about seven or eight mile an hour on them before the end of the straightaway. So when you're going to a place like Road America with 114 horsepower, but you're still hitting 140 mile an hour, it's a little <laughs> scary. Um, but the F1600 car is its absolutely incredible with uh, the driver engagement, and it was a fantastic season last year um, with a bunch of other guys I raced for Team Pelfrey. But. Um, it's a 24-race season, and I got 12 of them, 12 of the wins and 18 podiums, so I'm pretty happy about That's that. That's pretty good. That's
3: pretty good. So let's bring on Jackson Lee. That's his car back here if you're joining us live at the uh, the USAC lot, the IU Simon Comprehensive Cancer Center car. Uh, you're going to be racing at the Oval again coming up on Friday night at Lucas Oil Indianapolis Raceway Park. You've done a total of one Oval race in your career since uh, quarter midgets when you were 11 years old. So what's it like for road course racing? from go-karts racing on a short oval in a winged formula car.
8: Yeah, I don't really think you can count my quarter midget experience considering it's a a six-second lap time (laughs) and you hold it flat for the entire lap and don't do a whole lot. Um, So coming to an oval for the first time, it's it's a completely different experience. It's basically starting from scratch again, learning how to drive a race car. Uh, It's super fun. It takes a lot of commitment um, and a little while to figure out. Uh, but it's, as, as I mentioned, it's a ton of fun. You feel like you're on the limit of the race car the entire lap, and it's, it's just something that I get to look forward every year to get to drive, drive an oval. And I'll tell you, one of my favorite parts about the oval is probably the qualifying format, because we get about 20 minutes to be able to set our fast lap on the road courses, and for the oval, you get two laps. Uh, and each lap is about 22 seconds. So you get a short amount of time to be able to put it all out on the line and really put the car on the limit. And it's it's really sketchy, but it's a lot of fun. And I remember last year I got out of the car shaking just because I, <laughs> I hadn't pushed the car like that all weekend. And, and um, I was able to really, really push the cart and get a time out of it. All
3: right, Jackson will be here if anybody wants to chat with him. So will the other Cape Motorsports drivers. Cape is, is like the team Penske of junior formula cars. So we were all very excited to get an opportunity to drive for them. Jackson Lee, Nick D'Orlando, Michael D'Orlando, and Jagger Jones, kind enough to join us tonight at the Prime 47 Indie Burger Bash. We've got plenty more to come on the live radio show. Stay with us. It's 93.5, 107.5, The Fan. Welcome back to the Prime 47 Indy Burger Bash, benefiting the IU Simon Comprehensive Cancer Center. Thanks for joining us at the USAC building. It's race week, everybody. How do we feel about that? Yeah. So one of the reasons we uh, reinstated this event is because, what well, we think people like it, and we've been trying to figure out a time and a place for a long time, but also... We've got a little bit of a platform that we can help some people, and it's the IU Simon Comprehensive Cancer Center. And the reason why we are doing this and raising money is because of them. And I want to introduce you to uh, Dr. Kelvin Lee. No relation, one letter difference. Dr. Kelvin Lee is the director of the Cancer Center. So you've been in Indiana now for a couple of years. One year. One year, three months. One year, three months no interest in motorsports and now you're a hardcore fan
13: exactly <laughs> yeah, you know i have discovered that it all, all that matters is when you change your tires <laughs> that's it, it. like it all it's like you have to have the best meteorologist on the uh, you know on the track and so no this has been great actually kevin and i are long lost brothers uh we just discovered <laughs> that and unlike all of his guests nobody has ever confused me with fast <laughs> so it's, a, it's an interesting break in, in the discussion.
3: I want you to take a moment to explain why we're here and what we're raising money for to do what we can to help cure cancer.
13: So and thank everybody for coming uh, because our motto is that research cures cancer and philanthropy accelerates research. Mm-hmm. So all of you are you playing an enormous role in moving cancer forward. IU Simon Comprehensive Cancer Center is one of the finest cancer centers in the country. I think it's a great hidden gem uh, in the country, and our job is to make it unhidden. Uh, it really is a phenomenal group of people that I've had really the opportunity. I moved from Buffalo, so go Bills, sorry about that, uh, but it's a race, it's a race crowd. So, right, uh, but uh, 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 But it has been a phenomenal experience coming out here.
3: So this has uh, been an opportunity for us to help spread the word as well, and we've got auction items in here to try to raise some money. What do you guys raise at the Chuck Strong event? That's really cool that uh, Chuck Pagano has been involved in, uh, and Chuck is an amazing person. This has been a, a, a fantastic effort that everyone has been involved in.
13: Yes, uh, Chuck Strong's great, but we are actually moving this one. Uh, we're we're going to have a competition as to Amber sitting there over there, our director of development. We're going to have a competition between the race crowd oh and boy. the Colts fan to see who can raise the most money here. Well
3: oh, that was a few million, I think. So we gotta we gotta <laughs> yeah, get our we gotta game up on. couple, couple the,
13: hundred. The, I think you know, <laughs> buy some shirts, you guys are fine. We'll the get auction it is done.
3: open until eight fifteen. I tweeted out the, the, the link to that, so that's still even if you're not here, if you're listening on the radio, you can find that. Dr. Lee, thank you so much you're for welcome. giving us the idea to resurrect the burger bash and do it for a good cause. Thank
13: you for doing it. It is wonderful and thank you all of you for coming out. It is really fantastic to see everybody here.
3: Dr. Kelvin Lee from the IU Simon Comprehensive Cancer Center. And comprehensive does mean something. There are not many of them, just over 50, I think, in the country. And we have one right here in our hometown. The great thing about this is it's not carb night. We still have more shows this week to get you set for the Indy 500. So we'll be back at 7 o'clock tomorrow night talking about what's going on. Kurt, thank you. Uh, For those that are here live, we're still going for a little while. But for the radio audience, we'll see you tomorrow night at 7. For Kurt, I'm Kevin, thank you for joining us, ninety-three five-one oh seven five The Fan. Beyond the Bricks with Jake and Mike coming up next.